Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth's radio show on 3CR. We're coming to you live from the 3CR studio and to kick off the show I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land on the Kulin Nations. To pay my respects to the Wurundjeri and Boon people, their elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty of these lands has not yet been ceded, but I look forward to the day when we fully recognise the history of this country. My name is Megan Williams, and co-hosting today is the newest addition to the Dirt Radio team, M. Gafer. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. It's great to be here today. It's very good to have you. How are you finding um, radio training? It's fun. Yeah, it's great to be at 3CR. It's a pretty... Um, exciting radio station and yeah there's lots to learn I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through my course now so nearly a fully qualified radio presenter Mm, very exciting very exciting and this year at Friends of the Earth we are celebrating 45 years of resistance that's 45 years we've been mobilizing communities resisting the oppressive forces of patriarchy and capitalism and transforming our future to be one with a free and just society for all. At Friends of the Earth, we've long believed there can be no environmental justice without social justice. So today on the show, we will be talking workers' rights through workers' cooperatives with Eleanor Coffey, a member of the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative and organiser at Earthworker Cooperative. Tomorrow is May Day, May the 1st, which celebrates the movement that got us the eight-hour working day. With Eleanor, we'll be chatting alternative organisational structure that creates fair working conditions for all and, best of all, gets rid of those greedy bosses. That's coming up after this community service announcement. Join Self for Justice Launch and Pedal Out from 10am on Saturday, 4th of May, on St Kilda Beach, Bunurong Country. Manus, here we come! Bring your own flotation devices to pedal out or join a day's sail from St Kilda to Sandringham. Wake up, wake up, it's time for action. 11am, Original Nations Passport Ceremony. 12pm, Barbecue and Yarn. 1pm, Music. 2pm, Lunch and Pedal Out. 3 to 4pm, More Music. This event takes place on the stolen territory of Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never ceded. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Saturday, 4th of May, on St. Kilda Beach. For more information, go to saleforjustice.org. Sale number 4, justice.org. Sale for Justice is a Tricia supporter. And we're back. 
you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR and today the show is all about fair working conditions in honour of May Day tomorrow. In 1879, Victoria was the first state to bring in a, uh, to bring in a paid public holiday to celebrate the eight-hour working day, Labor Day, which of course we celebrate back in March. The eight-hour working day was fought for and won by unions through the mid-1800s as the Industrial Revolution made working days extend to 12 or even 16 hours a day. But 150 years on, how is the eight-hour working day faring for Australians? Not so well, according to a 2018 study published by the Australia Institute, which estimated that we are doing a whopping six hours of unpaid work every single week. Over the, over the year, that amounts to an additional two months of free labour we're gifting to our bosses, all at a time when wages are stagnating, costs of li- living are going up, and unemployment and underemployment are on the rise. Here to talk to us today is Eleanor Coffey, a member of the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative and organiser at the Earthworker Cooperative. These cooperative working environments are proudly worker-owned, providing dignified, well-paid and safe and secure jobs for its members. Welcome to the show, Eleanor. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Now, to start us off, uh, can you give us a bit of a background about what the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative is? Yeah, so um, the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative, like you said, is a worker-owned enterprise. Um, We started in early 2018 uh, cleaning houses in Melbourne. Um, We had five uh, founding members at the time who um, each, uh, yeah, helped set up the cooperative and, yeah, the way it works is basically we each have um, an equal, like we each own the cooperative, we have an equal stake, um, we have a vote. And, um, yeah, we make the decisions around how we run our own workplace. Great. And so in setting up a cooperative, like what, what kind of inspired you to, to get it off the ground? Well, at the time, um, it was like quite a few years in development before we launched last year um i was uh in sort of late 2015 i was an organizer for the earth worker cooperative and i'm um, also working as a cleaner and at the time we didn't have any kind of operating worker cooperatives within the earth worker network and um yeah as as a cleaner you know had some frustrations about my workplace and also really wanted to um, kind of experience firsthand what it was like setting up and working in a worker cooperative um, because because none of us really had that hands-on experience at the time. Um, so, yeah, what we did was we, we basically did kind of a big call-out to people who were interested in, in worker co-ops and from that a few people started meeting um, around the idea of a cleaning cooperative and, um, yeah, eventually we, yeah, kind of got enough momentum to launch um, yeah, it was is a good, I think a really good industry to um, to start a worker co-op in because, like as many people know, like the cleaning industry is particularly um, rough with wage theft and exploitation. Um, a lot of cleaners also in an unsafe um, kind of work environments, exposed to chemicals and that sort of thing. So it was really um, yeah rewarding for us to be in that space and kind of creating and showing that there are like an alternative 
um, yeah, to that to that industry, and that we could do things um, in a greener way and a more democratic way. Fantastic, and um, through setting up the cooperative, like what kind of challenges did you come across? Has it been difficult to get the member base or the client base? Like, how did you go about addressing sort of the basic um, needs yeah. of an enterprise? Well, I mean, certainly we were very fortunate because um, because Earthworker already existed, which is um, a cooperative that, um, you know, exists to help start-up worker cooperatives um, with, with the view of creating a network of worker cooperatives. Um, basically, as a way of saying, you know, we we can have we can kind of create the industries that we need because at the moment we we're very much limited to um, kind of accepting the jobs that exist, which might not necessarily be kind of good for the environment. They might not be really serving our community. So it was kind of coming already coming from that space, and there was already a, like a network of organisers who who had some understanding of worker co-ops and a supportive membership who wanted to see projects like us. So that was a really good um, thing to have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it did also take quite a long time. You know, as, as people who have done any kind of activism know, there's, you know, hours and hours of meeting and discussion. You know, we had to we had to learn a lot of things from scratch. We had to work out how to build a website and build a website, um, you know, decide things about our, our name, what our logo was going to be. Um, and, you know, it did... I, w- I will say, like, anyone who is thinking of starting a project, it helps to just kind of speak as if it's already happening and talk to as many people as you can, and then more people get, get involved and get interested in the idea. And once you've got a core group of people who are interested in the idea and actually really need it to work, because it is a worker cooperative, you know, we were involved in it because we need jobs and we wanted better jobs. There was already a high amount of investment and even though it took a really long time to set the thing up, um, that also meant that the people in the group really got to know each other, really got to trust each other, and that that helped a lot. Um, yeah, in terms of being ready to to launch and and weather all of the challenges that would come after that, um, we haven't actually found it's been very difficult to get clients. We've almost had the opposite problem, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, we've got about 50 to 60 kind of households that we clean for at the moment and one office building. And we've actually had to put pause on, on at various times on how many clients we take in so we can make sure that we're not kind of overworking ourselves and we're also putting the effort into, you know, building a sustainable structure for, for the organisation to kind of work within. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds great. Now, we're kind of led to believe that we need supervisors at work, you know, people to report back to, to make sure we're doing our jobs properly. How does the cooperative handle that? Yeah, it is. It's a funny one. You know, people sometimes do hear about worker cops and they're like, you know, I I don't think that can work, you know, but it has worked and it does work. And there's, there's so many worker cooperatives around the world that show that, you know, we actually... We're actually built to cooperate. Um, I think that's kind of our natural state with each other. And, you know, it's, it's not so hard. Of course, you do need certain people taking responsibility for certain roles, but that can be something that you decide collectively together. 
you know, we, we do things like we share the roles around admin and booking clients and doing the roster. Um, you know, we all want the business to do really well because we're all beneficiaries of the business. Mm. You know, we don't, we don't, there's an inherent um, value in what we're doing for us. We don't need somebody to tell us what to do. We want to do it because we want it to do well because we get the benefits from that as well. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And you said earlier that, you know, you've got a big interest in kind of creating a sustainable organisation and one that can yeah. grow steadily and not sort of overwork yourself. Um, yeah. And earlier, Megan mentioned a study that said that people who are self-employed actually work the most unpaid overtime. So yeah. I'm just wondering what kind of policies you have in place at Red Gum Cooperative to stop your workers from overdoing it or keeping those sustainable policies in, in check. Yeah, so that's been it's been a slow process. Like I have to be, you know, really honest. And I think any anybody who starts up a worker cooperative is going to do lots of unpaid labour at the start mm. because unless you can get like a huge amount of funding from from someone, and we didn't get any funding from the government, we just we just uh, put in the work. And when we started up, we all bought in. All, all worker cooperatives have a buy-in where you invest a little bit of money in the co-op mm. and we use that to buy vacuums. And luckily, a, a cleaning cooperative isn't a huge in terms of like capital. You know, you don't need like a factory or something like that. Um, but yeah, so at the moment where we're really, we're really drilling down on ourselves to be like, we need to pay for all the work we're doing. You know, we can't, it's, it's not, you know, it's not sustainable to you know, for anyone to be doing work that's not remunerated. Um, but that's been something that, you know, has been a transition because at the start, like, we weren't earning any income. So it had to be volunteer, but also we're building something fast. So it's kind of a tricky thing. It's kind of self-exploitation, <laughs> <laughs> which you don't, you don't, we don't want to do and we don't want to have a culture of. So we're really talking about that at the moment, um, yeah, and making sure that, you know, we tell each other all the time every meeting, make sure you're putting down your admin hours. You're not, you're not like, putting in extra time um, because if we're not getting paid, then there's a problem, like, the business isn't sustainable and we need to address that together. Um, yeah, but, you know, it is a challenge and I won't say that we always, um, that we've got it right from the start is something that we're trying to do. Mm, yeah, that's it's really interesting. Uh, I find it particularly interesting that we kind of believe that we need bosses to do the work, but without the bosses, we do so much work that we have to keep it in check. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. How can um, it be both? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, at Friends of the Earth, we're fighting for environmental justice and social yeah. justice. Like, does the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative do anything to limit its environmental footprint? Um, we we try to we try to make sure that we're it's it's small at the moment. Like we have we have kind of longer term aims when we, you know, have a, have a, have more money saved up that we you know invest in electric bikes and doing things like that. At the moment, we we try to limit the amount of um, kind of driving that we do by booking. Um, clients close together and you know geographically and, and not trying to yeah try not to drive too much um, and also we use um, you know all natural biodegradable cleaning products um, 
yeah, as a way of limiting that impact. And yeah, we, we try to do that stuff as much as possible. Um, I have to say in the first year, it's been a little bit of a, you know, we're just kind of getting on our feet. Um, but the good thing about a worker co-op is that, that once you've got on your feet and you're earning a surplus, you can collectively decide to put that, um, you know, some of that wealth into into good things. Like we, we had a small surplus, we put some into Earthworker, back into the Earthworker network this year, and also to support the um, Japarang um, embassy. And, um, you know, it, that felt really good, kind of this sort of knowledge that, you know, we're building up resources to... Um, to do things like that. And also, like, we kind of see the work we're doing, um, you know, kind of collectivising, getting control of our work life as, as a way of, um, you know, ensuring that we have the choice of where to put our labour. And even if our work isn't as directly relevant to kind of the climate crisis as, as a lot of other work, um, you know, we're building a network of people who can be responsive to change and support each other and be resilient um, to things that are changing and, and climate change and economic uncertainty. And we're already mobilised in that way. So we think that's also important. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It certainly sounds more meaningful than some tokenistic corporate social responsibility. One day of volunteering, you get it at a, at a big... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really great for us as a lot of us have been activists even before our involvement in Redgum, and as you probably know, it can be frustrating to support your activism by doing jobs that you don't like. Um, and we have a job that we can feel like is also a kind of activism, and that feels really good. Yeah, and it's a job that needs to be done, so it's great yeah. that good people are doing it. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for the people out there who think this is the greatest thing since Labor Day, how can they support your work or get involved themselves? Well, um, yeah, anyone's welcome to get in touch with us. We've got a, a website at redgumcleaning.coop. Um, I'd also encourage people to look up the Earthworker Cooperative, um, which is a membership organisation. You can become a member of Earthworker and help um, support the growth of a network of enterprises like us. Um, yeah, at the moment, the, the factory in Morwell, Earthworker Energy Manufacturing Cooperative, is um, producing solar hot water systems recently started manufacturing so if, you, if you're looking to switch over to solar um, definitely hit them up um, yeah it's just a little plug there for them but um, yeah so I reckon get involved and um, yeah I think you know if we can start a worker co-op I think anybody can anyone who wants advice or support um, we're very happy to happy to help um, so do do get in touch with us Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Eleanor. Yeah, thanks for having me and all the great work you do at both. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you later. All right, cheers. Bye. That was Eleanor Coffey, a member of the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative who is radicalising the cleaning industry, bringing workers' rights and uh, eco-friendly products and even um, bicycle-driven cleaning services which i think is very exciting uh you're listening to dirt radio on 3cr it's 9 51 in december 2017 tanya day proud yorta yorta woman and much loved member of the aboriginal community was traveling by train to melbourne when v-line staff found her asleep they called castlemaine police 
and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR Reception, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day Petition into your browser. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. This is Em. I'm here co-hosting this morning's show with Megan. And we just heard a community service announcement in regards to uh, justice for Tanya Day. And just a reminder to anyone out there, it is the final hearing, directions hearing uh, for Tanya Day this morning. That's at 10 a.m., so just in 10 minutes. It's at the Coroner's Court in South Bank. So if you're around the city or South Bank, pop over to the Coroner's Court and uh, support Tanya Day and her family who will be down there for that one. And uh, today we've been talking to Eleanor Coffey, the member, a member of the Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative, about how worker-owned cooperatives improve working conditions, wages, and provide a safe working environment. Of course, if you miss the interview or any of our shows, you can always catch up on the podcasts available from 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio. And if you'd like to keep us going and feed the radical radio that is produced out of 3CR, you can subscribe now. Subscriptions start for as low as $35 if you have a concession or pension, $75 for a waged membership or $150 for a solidarity so if you're thinking that you might want to keep us, keep the heart beating at 3CR, definitely sign up for a membership. And coming up this week, we've got a banner painting for, um, it's a collaboration between Friends of the Earth and, um, Friends of the Earth and Democracy in Colour. Politicians are using fear and hate to divide the community, spreading misinformation about immigration numbers and unnecessarily targeting communities of colour. Join us to paint up a storm and have a banner to stamp out racism. That's coming up tomorrow from 3pm at Friends of the Earth. And Thursday, May 3rd, we've got another meeting for the Pesticide Action Group. That's at 6.30 at Friends of the Earth as well. An action planning meeting about how pesticides are contributing to the insect Armageddon. So join us. We're going to demand insect killing pesticides be phased out. And coming up tonight is an event, Rivers in Crisis, Fighting for Water Justice. It's organised by the Socialist Alliance uh, and if you haven't had enough of my voice you should come along because I'll be speaking as the River Country Coordinator at Friends of the Earth uh, on the panel. It will be a group discussion um, and we're going to talk about what's happened to our rivers and how we're going to take them back. That's tonight at 6.30 at the Resistance Centre and Bookshop 407 Swanson Street, Melbourne. 
And if you're interested in waste, forest, rivers or climate action, you can pop in any day of the week to Friends of the Earth. That's at 312 Smith Street in Collingwood to learn more about the campaigns we've got running and how you can get involved. So that's just about all we've had time for today. How'd you enjoy your first show, Em? That was great. Thanks so much for having me as a co-host. I look forward to more. Yeah, well, you are going to nail it when you're (laughs) ready to uh, get behind the panel. Yeah, and um, looking forward to it. So uh, that's about it for another episode of Dirt Radio. Taking us out today is Combat Wombat with Corruption Dub. And stick around up next on 3CR. At 10 o'clock, we've got the Koori Survival Show, Indigenous News, Views and Music.